Matter of fact, <clears throat> in these breakthroughs, as we talk about the family, there is a story in the Bible where Satan asked God to be able to sift like wheat an apostle, a man of God, called of God. And in this sifting, this man learned a lot about spiritual warfare or the spiritual life that we live in every day. And so beginning in this part regarding family, you and I are going to take a journey regarding family and relationships. We're going to spend time talking about many aspects of family, breaking through in new levels, areas of our homes, our marriages, how we relate, how we communicate, what God says and what God created for you and me to be able to live out. But what we find is whatever struggle that we are having, there is an answer for our family. Nothing is too late. Everything is healable and fixable. And even if we have problems or we're succeeding, this series of messages, the next couple months, are for you. In Scripture, Peter was this amazing apostle. Peter is remembering, while he's writing in Scripture, one of the authors in the Bible, he's remembering his experiences in his dealings with the enemy. Now, remember, Satan demanded that he could sift Peter like wheat. It's not in the notes. It's not on the screen. Because I really don't want to focus on the devil, but I want to focus on a life knowing that there is an enemy that hates your family. But there is a God that absolutely loves your family and has given us an ability to live out no matter what we face, no matter where we've been, who we are, what has happened in our past, that God has an answer for every situation regarding family and or relationships. In Luke 22, beginning with verse 31, we'll read 31 and 32. It says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you. Indeed, matter of fact, he's already done this. It's already beginning to take place. Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But, Jesus talking, I have prayed for you that your faith, remember we just began this series talking about faith, but that your faith should not fail. <clears throat> and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So what we find is in the attacks of the enemy, in the spiritual warfare that you and I will face, we'll talk about all of this, what we find is there are answers and solutions and process that we can live in our life to bring a healable situation and a, a fixable situation. So in the process of this happening, Peter learned how to have victory 
in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of things not going well. And also, he talks a lot about rejoicing. When we talk about having fun, he talks about having fun in the midst of attacks, in the midst of successes. And so we're going to begin by reading you, I believe, one of the most powerful statements that Peter says, explaining and describing life. Now, we need to understand that not one person in this room has an ability to escape tribulation. We all will face tribulation. We all will face attacks. And it's how we respond to those attacks, how we respond to the tribulation is where we will see God's promises manifest. So in 1 Peter chapter 5, you'll see it on the screen, this is after the sifting, verse 8 and 9, he says this, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, we learned about faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Know this, this is going to happen to everybody, but I'm telling you how to respond. So Peter is telling us of a spiritual or a kingdom reality called, again, spiritual warfare. We have a predator in our lives all the time. Realize the devil also is not omnipotent. Now, I am going ahead a little bit because some of us are going to begin to grasp a hold of what the enemy would want to do right now and bring fear in your life. I'm teaching what I'm teaching on that you will never have fear of him, that you will never walk around being afraid, but you will respond because of your honor and your fear of God because of, of the way you feel and that you respond to God. By responding to God the way Peter learned in the process of the sifting, we will also see the joy and the victory that Peter reveals to us in his writings. So the enemy walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith. But, Satan, even though he's not omnipresent, he has demons out there. Now, I'm going to stop there. We're not talking about all this weirdo stuff that people talk about. We're talking about a reality that there are disembodied spirits out there, demonic spirits, that do his bidding. Hold on now. But they're there to do Satan's bidding, and the demons are all around the world. Now, again, 
I'm trying to bring you understanding of spiritual things. So you're being stalked by a predator, and that's why Peter says to be sober and or alert about this. Just know this. Church family, things happen. God is in control. We learned about faith. God is in control, but things come about trying to get you to fear and to respond wrongly to what takes place. And I'm shouting out to you as a spiritual father, as a pastor, don't do that. But see it as it is. Don't get extreme, but move in the process of life and spiritual maturity to be able to respond correctly and have victory in every area of your life. But Peter says something, this is good news, has says something in particular. The devil is looking for someone whom he may devour. Notice the word may. We have something to say about it. The devil doesn't have automatic permission to devour you. It doesn't say who he can devour. That word can means to have the ability to do that, to devour you. It says whom he may devour. The word may means permission. But remember, Jesus defeated the devil on the cross, remember faith, and Jesus said, I give you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That's in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Now, as we are diving into this, the introduction of this, the question today is this, why are so many Christian families being harmed? Why are so many marriages being torn apart? Why are your jobs, your careers, your calling, your purpose being torn apart? Why is that happening? Because many Christian families forget about the roaring lions that they are walking around like they are not. I don't want to be around. If you are by a roaring lion, you are in trouble because they are predators that will eat you. Amen. He's like a roaring lion, and we're going to talk about that in the next few weeks. You live in this world, and the enemy is there. Basically, again, let's put it this way, because I'm going to talk to you about the character of lions today. I spoke to you about this about seven or eight years ago. And I'm going to repeat this, but I've talked to more people about this, and I have a little bit more information about lions that we can learn what Peter's saying. They are like lions, this is how they function, and if you know how you, they function, you can be around them, and they're there, and they can't harm you. So basically, you are living amongst the lions. 
and they are spiritual predators. Now, this enemy wants your family. If he can get your family, he can get the church because the church is family. We are going to have breakthrough in our families and our church family in the year 2020, 2021, and 2022 because I have experienced breakthrough in 2020 when I began to put all this together. John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. It's a process. Peter is reminding us, again, it is a spiritual battle. Everyone say spiritual. It is a spiritual battle. Peter reminds us also, we are a royal priesthood, a people for God's own possessions, and who God created us to be according to who he is, your God's special possession. God has given us every answer to every situation because you are his possession. That's the very reason why Jesus Christ went to the cross. He bought you back. That's why we walk in faith. We confess Jesus Christ as Lord and we believe in our heart, confess it with our mouth, we are saved. And now the life and the journey of a spiritual process or a spiritual walk. And in the midst of the spiritual walk, there are spiritual lions out there wanting to destroy you. So Peter gives us two pieces of advice. The first one, let's talk about them, to be sober. To be sober this means to be in control of your life. The opposite of sober is to be drunk, not being in control. So people who are drunk are not in control. They walk out of control. They talk out of control. They drive out of control. Every aspect of their life is out of control. In other words, how they are reacting or responding to life at that point. Sobriety is not one of legalism either. As I say that, later on, we're going to talk about fun as a Christian. So when I'm talking about this today and I say some strong things, I don't want you to just say, oh, well, well I'm, I'm church. It's not religion. It's relationship. It's being family. It's who you are. You are gifted of God and very special for your family even though there are lions attacking portions of your family because they have given them permission to do so. Being sober is not talking about drinking. It's talking about being in control of life. And also being sober, you literally can enjoy things. Psalm 16 verse 11 says this, You will show me the path of life, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Living for God is a life that has the most fun. So it just means I stay in control of my passions 
And so do you realize anything you are out of control of the devil has control of it? Anything that you are out of control, anytime that we respond in a wrong way of anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, that means we're out of control of our real life and we open the door for the enemy to come in and bring things in to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Peter is telling us that if we're going to have fun, if we're going to have fun, we must stay in control of our passions and our desires. Now, the second thing that Peter says is be vigilant or be watchful. What does that mean? Vigilant means to have a wartime mentality. Vigilant means to walk circumspectly, as Scripture says in Ephesians 5, but it means to walk in a straight line, unwilling to detour from the things that you know to do, the right thing, not the right thing of man's understanding, the right thing of scriptural principles or spiritual maturity. The journey we're having with God as we continue to grow. I was telling a couple this morning, I said, I still have got a lot of ways to grow. I still have a lot of things that need to mature in a greater way in my life. And it's a lifelong journey. So don't, don't get all frustrated and all, well, I can't do that and that can't happen for me. You just don't know what's going on in my family. No, I don't, but God does. And he's given us the answer. And Peter's going to show us through his experience. So we need to walk in that straight line. Then Peter gives us three reasons why we are to be sober and vigilant regarding the enemy. The first is the devil hates you, and the better you are walking in your journey with God, the more he hates you because you have an adversary. Just realize that. Why is this happening to me? Because, God, I've done everything you asked me to do. That's why the enemy hates you. He despises the things that you're accomplishing in your family and in your life. So understand that. Here's the second. He walks around like a roaring lion and comes to your turf. The lion is the king of the jungle. He is stalking you. He is waiting for you to make a mistake so he can take an opportunity with you with his demonic forces. Someone hurts you. Someone says something wrong. Someone doesn't respond to you wrong. And you get upset. You get hurt. And then all of a sudden you go home and then you start talking to your spouse. You start talking to your friends. You know, well, you know what they said, what they did. And, uh, and I just don't know if I'll ever be able to take that again. And, I, you know, and then you start getting bitter. And you start getting angry. And before you know it, a whole story has happened and you've opened the door for the enemy to destroy relationships around you. Where all you needed to do, even though you were hurt, you forgive. Even though it hurts, you forgive. You walk in that. You begin to respond according to the word of God. The third reason to be sober and vigilant is he is seeking someone who he may devour, who he may devour. Satan's appetite is for total destruction. But he can't just jump all over you. You have authority. 
but he comes to you to steal, to deceive you, to give you words, to give you uh, thoughts that really didn't happen, but to deceive you like he deceived Eve. And because Eve was deceived, then Adam responded knowing well good what he was supposed to do. And then it became sin. He only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil is like a lion that devours. Did you know that a lion is not a snacker? A lion eats, consumes, and that's his heart. That's his desire towards you and me and our families and our church family. Again, Peter is trying to get us into an awareness of this hidden enemy that we are facing. Many innocent people are just not aware of this spiritual reality. They just think they can do good and do as my term. They can do gooder, become gooder, so it doesn't happen anymore. I want to tell you, it has nothing to do with how good you are. It has everything how you respond to who Christ is in you. Church, every one of you have a call of God on your life and God's DNA in you. Let me say it this way. You got this thing. You can handle this. Whatever comes about, you can handle this. You have a special purpose in your life. There is a reason why you are alive today. If any of you that are on screen and you're sitting there wondering if this is going to be your last day because you're giving up on life, I want to tell you, God has a special purpose for you. God desires for you to understand his heart towards you is huge. You have a purpose, and he created it for you. But you're a target of the enemy. You don't have to fear as long as you know he is there and you are willing to walk in God's direction. Man, I can, I can tell you, like I said in the teaching on faith, I've made a lot of mistakes. I, I, I've gotten extreme at times. I've allowed spiritual things to become all this, ooh, you know, I'm a pastor and I need to, you know. And I got to that place where I realized in my relationship with the Lord, that a lot of times the Lord would just say, come over here, Gary, come on, sit with me. Let me just tell you what it's really all about. You know, all the stuff you're thinking, let me just tell you what it's really all about. What's really going on with family? What's really going on with church? What's really, and, and he begins to explain these things. And then he showed me Peter's experience. Wow, it opened the door for great revelation. And I pray that I, here, here's the word, I'm good enough to be able to explain it well enough so you can live my passion, what I desire and what I, what's been revealed to me about family and about you. You're so special to God. So let me tell you about now the nature of lions. And I said this story before, but I've talked to four other people regarding uh, safaris in Africa. My brother went on an African safari, 
And he actually lived in a camp that lived amongst the wild animals. The guides, when they first got there, (laughs) had them sign a paper. uh, If my brother was killed by a wild animal, that they would not be held responsible. Now, that just brings real faith there, you know. They, but they said, if you do what we say, you will be fine. If you don't do what we say, you will be harmed and you may be killed. But the guides, Larry said, and all these other people I talked to, they weren't afraid of safaris. They weren't afraid while they were there because you know, they, the guides, they knew the way the lions acted. They knew them like almost their own family. They told Larry and his family, these animals act a certain way. So stay in control, what Peter said, stay in control and be alert. Peter said, be sober and vigilant. Larry said he had the most fun. It was amazing. He said, I was six, seven feet from lions. Because of the victory of Jesus Christ a little over 2,000 years ago, you and your family can live among the lions and be happy, safe, and have fun in your life. So how is the question, how we do that? as we understand the character of the devil. So here's the truth about lions I'm going to show you. And from there, we're going to go back to Peter throughout this part of the series, and we're going to learn how to live amongst these demonic forces and have victory in every area. First of all, lions are nocturnal. They're creatures of the night. This is, this is what I would bring to you. During the day, the guides told them, you can walk around the camp, but when evening comes, wild animals come into the camp, and it becomes very dangerous for you to be outside. They said, never leave your room until we come and knock on the door, and an armed guard will escort you to have dinner or escort you where we want to take you. Now, let me just stop there. This is future attractions of this series. Is never move on an area of your life until you have the truth of the word settled in your heart of what God is saying to you. There are many times we move because of our experience with God and our love for God and our passion for God, and we move on something thinking that it's the right thing to do and it's not the right thing to do at that time. And we need to get to a place where we understand don't move until you know it's time to move. So don't come out of your cabin until we knock on the door and you know we're here as an armed guard. Why? Because the night belongs to the lions. One night, in in one of the stories of a safari, um, they were wondering, they had a time frame that the guards were going to come and knock on the door and bring them to dinner. 
Well, it was five minutes late, 10 minutes late, 15 minutes late, 30 minutes late, 45 minutes late. And they were wondering what was going on. And so uh, they open the door and they step out, outside on the porch of their cabin, looking around, where's the guard? Stood there for about a minute and just said, I don't know where the guy is. And so he went back in the cabin and closed the door. Well, about five minutes later, the guard came and said, sorry, we're late, but there was a leopard around the corner of your cabin and was looking at you when you came out. And the guard said, I was sitting there in a quiet place with my, he had a night scope. He says, I was going to try to protect you, but I didn't want to shoot the leopard. Matter of fact, you didn't do what we asked you to do. I really wanted to shoot you. <laughs> now, that's not how God thinks about us <laughs> when we make mistakes and we go before him. Have you ever done that? Anybody ever done that? Thought you just knew God's will and you went out and it just fell apart. And then what was your prayer that night? God, what's wrong? Why did you allow that to happen? Because you didn't do what was asked for you to do. The night belongs to the devil. When you are in the light, you are safe, but if you step into the darkness, you are always in danger with the enemy, the demonic force. Many believers are falling because we think we can sin and be safe. It's okay. I mean, that's just part of my life. I'm working on it, God. But what we do is we open the door for the stealing, the killing, and the destroying. When you wander into darkness, you can experience the penalty of darkness. Darkness is the devil's property. We all wrestle with sin, but there is a difference in choosing to walk in sin, to walk in darkness. Our past, stuff we struggle with, and but we are repeating it because we choose to. God's grace is sufficient. But see, what Peter is saying, we need to respond correctly. How many of you, we laugh about Peter and all the things that he said or did or didn't say, and he's always got his foot in his mouth. And so Peter, you know, says, be sober, be vigilant, understand there are things that I, I did, and I did because I didn't recognize the demonic force that was trying to deceive me to the point that one, three times he denied Christ. And Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. And, Not me. He didn't recognize he stepped into the darkness. Proverbs 10.9 says, he who walks with integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will become known. Ephesians 5, look at this, verse 8. A few scriptures here, but just listen to what it says here. For you were once darkness, not born again, not serving God, but now you are light in the, in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. 
finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Not, not go around and saying, you know, what your problem is, or, you know, exposing everybody else, but expose them to yourself and expose them to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm having difficulty with this situation in my life. I'm hurt. I want to lash out at that person in my family. Matter of fact, I hate them now. And God says, no, you don't. This is who you really are. Don't become bitter. Don't become offended easily. But just do this. You can't fix them, but you can fix your response to them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Do it God's way. Now, here's the the, the second thing about lions, and it's very interesting, and you would only know this if you went on a safari and you would experience this. And, but Peter is, is bringing this out because in the area, the time frame of Peter's life, there were lions that would come into the city. So lions are paravisual. Lions are paravisual. What in the world does that mean, Pastor? In safaris, the vehicles didn't have roofs. Many of them didn't have doors. And so you'd sit there totally vulnerable and exposed to the outside. In safaris, the lions actually could be four or five feet from you, walking around and looking at the, the vehicle, and like they're looking at you, but the lions are paravisual. They see paravisual. They see the object or the vehicle that has 10 people, 12 people in it, as one. They don't see a vehicle and 10 or 12 people individually. They see as one because you're all sitting, all gathered around. Now, look at and listen to the explanation of that. We're talking about family. We're talking about VFAM. Remember that? And we're going to expose that to you in a greater realm in the next few weeks. We're going to talk about marriage and, and where, you know, two come together. And we're talking about where two or three are gathered together in the midst. God's there. His presence is there. So we're talking about being together. Family is about being together. But if you're not together and you're separate, then that's when the enemy can come in and steal, kill, and destroy. If you're not in agreement, then the enemy can come in. So what happens in the vehicle, you'll drive around, and then all of a sudden, here's the group of lions, and they slowly drive in, and the lions start moving around because they hear things, but these vehicles and all the people that are sitting in it look like they're an animal, a big animal to them. And so when they look at it, they see this huge truck. And the people in it are, you know, part of that huge truck. So that truck and the people in it are too big for a lion, so they don't attack it. So the rule is to stay seated. Don't 
jump out of the truck because the animals, again, look straight at you but cannot see you. They see everything as one. That is paravisual. Now, at times, the guide would say, you know, notice, don't get used to this. Because a lot of people say, oh, this is so cool. Oh, there's a kitty over there. They go, Let's go pet the kitty. No, the kitty will take your arm off if you don't do what we say. So he constantly said, I'm reminding you, stay seated. Don't move quickly. And don't get out of the truck, especially. One group, uh, my brother's group, one group uh, before that, a few months before, one gentleman got so excited, jumped out of the truck to take a picture, and a lioness attacked him. And they got the lioness off and pulled him in, and they had to drive back, and he was injured. They literally just bit him and tried to get to his throat to kill him because it was a small animal. Now, one person also in the story stood up in the truck and went to take a picture and immediately stood up as an individual. Immediately, one of the lions stood up and stared at him because all of a sudden he became one to the lion and small enough for the lion to attack. And the driver said, Please, sir, sit down. No, he didn't. He said, sit down. And the guy sat down. And, and then the guy said, you are an idiot. Now, he wasn't nice because we're talking about life and death. And Peter's talking about life and death. And I'm trying to teach you that it is about life and death. Your family is important. What God has set together for you to be one is so important. Now, we're going to learn in this series that sometimes you have family that are obstinate, will be opposite of you. God is not concerned about what they're doing to you. He's more concerned about what you are, what you're becoming. And so in spiritual warfare, it's not about doing the right thing, praying the right thing, and all of that is right. But it's about what you're becoming. How are you responding to situations in your life? Are you hearing that today? You know, that's, that's what it is because God loves your sister that you despise right now. God loves that uncle that abused you when you were a child. Yeah. And he's going to have to face God for what he did. But if you allow the enemy, he came in to steal, to kill, and wants to destroy you through your response or reaction to an evil thing. Now, I wasn't abused as a child, so I have no clue how you feel. And it hurts me when I have to face those things with families in churches. And I have to work with people in that area. And my, let me tell you, my first opinion for anybody that has done that to a child, my first opinion is that guard that wanted to shoot the guy that was stepping outside of his cabin. That's my first thought. And then I get my thinking correct. You see that? 
It's evil out there. It's demonic. And they're like a roaring lion seeking whom they may devour. Stop giving them permission to steal and kill. So what am I trying to show you? Matthew 18, verse 19 says, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. Do you realize again, marriage is two people agreeing. Do you realize where two or three friends are gathered together? You that are single, we're going to learn about this in the marriage teaching. You that are single, you come together in agreement with people. And there is a power, an anointing, an agreement. You fellowship in the church. We gather together in the church. And we're not easily offended with one another. We're walking around and we love one another We're here, and we're learning, and we're being healed, and and God's doing great things, but we're in OSL. We're in women's ministries. We're in men's ministries. We're in the Bible studies that we have. Why? Because we gather together. It's safe. The lions have no hold on you when you are gathering together in agreement as a family. That's what it's all about. See, that's why churches fight and have problems all the time because they are not what God pictures as a family. I'm here for you, but I'm not your answer. Jesus is your answer. You've gone through pain and suffering. I can't fix that. Matter of fact, I can't understand that because I didn't go through it but I know the one who does and I lead him to you and I love you and respond to you the way he does. And you do the same thing towards me and one another. Hmm. Wow. When you come together for the purpose of Jesus, in Jesus' name, you become a real family. And you do great things for the kingdom. That's why Valley Community Church does great things for the kingdom. That's why all those churches that we've, we've uh, started and all the different uh, people that we've helped, leaders that we train, all the different things that we do. And here in this church, the people that you have touched in your life, how you work in your businesses, uh, marketplace ministry, which is valuable to Valley Community Church. You are outside the four walls. What you do for a living is important to us. That's what family is all about. Hmm. When you come together in the fellowship of Jesus Christ, God's purposes, Jesus says, I am with you. So... The lions have no place in your life. Here's another illustration. Lions don't attack. Have you ever watched this on TV, Discover Channel? I watch it all the time. Lions don't attack a herd of animals. They run at them, and they run, the animals run in fear, and one gets separated. Remember paravisual? They get separated, and the lions attack the one that's by itself. That's called the singular profile. What are, what are the first things that the enemy does when your family does something to hurt you, or in church someone says or does something that hurts you? 
what is the first thing that you hear in your brain? You don't need that. Just run from it. Back away from it. I don't need that. I can do it myself. That's a demonic force telling you to be singular, to be alone, to go sit by yourself, be angry at everybody, be offended, be defensive. I don't like that person because they did this or they didn't do that. Let me tell you, I'm far from being a savior. I am. I'm far from being a savior. But I live my life as best as I could like the savior. And that's your job too. None of us are perfect. So they do that. So work hard to stay in agreement in your family. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's Jesus Christ. Notice, gone our own way. Jesus died for our loneliness. Jesus died, I don't even know if this is a word, for our singularity. People who stray begin to be unteachable, and the enemy creates panic, and you run from God. You then create a singular profile and become no match for Satan because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. But the devil's no match for Jesus. Gather in Jesus' name, there's no match. That's why the devil works so hard to keep you out of church, keep you from fellowship. That's why the Bible says, you know, don't, don't forsake the assembling together of the believers. Get together. Go have dinner at each other's homes. Go have breakfast at a restaurant. Do something. Be together. Be in agreement. Be a family. The strategy is to get you alone. So stop being terrified by others knowing who you are. That's one of the problems. Well, if I get to a Bible study, they're going to start knowing my real problem. So... Let me just give you a secret. They got problems too. <laughs> yeah. But you will go to a new level in relationship. That's what family is. That's what we're all about. VFAM. We're family. Who you are to me is important. I'm your cheerleader. I cheerlead you. Sometimes I cheerlead someone and say, yeah, but pastor, you don't really know me. Whose fault is that? Not my fault. You know, I'm not being defensive. I'm just telling you, it's because sometimes we, we hold ourselves like this. And the reality, we're going to learn, how do you fellowship with one another? How do you get to that place with one another where, where you're walking in such peace and joy and having fun? I have a blast with you. I hang out with a lot of you, and there's a lot of laughter. A lot of laughter. Sometimes you even laugh at me. That's okay. Here's the third thing about lions, and we'll conclude with this. Lions are territorial. Wild animals are about dominance and territory for control. Have you known anybody don't mess with their territory? They've allowed the enemy to just get such insecurity in their life. Don't you dare touch my life. Don't you dare touch my ministry. 
Don't you dare touch anything. You know, it's like, well, they've opened the door for the enemy to steal their joy in their ministry or steal their joy in their home or their job. Have you known anybody that hates their job? Man, if God, but, you know, five, ten years before that, they were telling everybody, God gave me this job. So what they're really doing is they're saying, I hate the job God gave me. See, it's spiritual. It's not the job. It's not the person. It's spiritual. The person might be evil. The Bible says you don't have to chum around with evil people. You know, but but you don't have to respond like them. (laughs) Gather in Jesus' name. They're territorial. The reason why they roar at night is to intimidate. Don't you get near me. Don't you, don't you touch that area. You touch that area, you're going to get snapped at. You're going to get bitten. Stay together in a group. Don't go into their territory. What is their territory? Sin. In Genesis 1, God gave us authority over the world in creation. He created Adam and Eve, and he said, this is yours. There's only one tree you can't eat of. You know what that tree is? The tree of goodness and knowledge. In other words, your choice, who you are, is you're the God. You're the one that's good enough. You could eat of the tree of life. Did you know that? You could eat of that tree. But you can't eat of this tree saying, I'm better than you, God. I'm God in my own life. But Genesis 3, Satan comes to deceive and rules the world. Adam and Eve gave him the dominion. But Matthew 4 and Luke 4, Satan said, I will give you the world to Jesus. And you know what? When... when Satan tried to deceive Jesus and told that to Jesus. Did you know that Jesus didn't argue with him that he ruled the world? He didn't argue with that. But what Jesus said, no, I go by the word. I go by what God says. Matthew 28, verse 18 says this. Jesus died for you. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on the earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them, watch this, to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Your destiny is to preach the gospel to the world, walking in this authority given to you. Jesus is always there. Family is God's plan. Doing the gospel is family. Matter of fact, the church should represent your home, not not your home represents the church. The family was before the church. So you develop this lifestyle, understanding lions 
not responding, not responding in a wrong way, but doing it God's way, according to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And what happens, then we come together as a church family. Do you realize the power of VFAM? Do you realize what can happen when we get in the, 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 all the vision, all the direction God's called us to do? From every aspect of our life, we have breakthroughs. And we begin to do the things that God has, has said for us to do in a, watch this, a greater way, because we're doing it, but a greater way, having greater breakthroughs in every area of our life, and then we bring it to church. Our whole area can become saved through what you do. We stay separated. Your family stays separated. Disagreement. What happens? We give place to the lions, and we become singular in the spirit realm. I'm going to ask you to stand, and I want to pray for your families. Oh, man, it's so good to see you. I see a few of you that, amen, I see a few of you that uh, haven't been with us for the longest of time. We understood that. For many of you that are still online, thank you for being with us, and we miss you. But I see some of you, I've hugged some of you. What, should I say that? Social distance. Well, anyway, I, I can't lie. I hugged some of you this morning, and it's so good to see you. I want to pray and just let you experience the peace of God that Pastor Ryan was talking about. That surpasses all understanding. But I promise you, in the next month or so, we're going to get some great understanding of what family is all about. Don't miss a Sunday because it's going to be fun. Father, thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You rule and reign. Oh, you rule and reign in our homes. Lord, thank you for the power and the callings and the giftings that began in the homes of my friends, my brothers and sisters. For those that received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior this morning, blessings upon them. Lord, let me pause here just for a second. For those that did, oh, start that journey. Fellowship with believers. Come in agreement with the Word, the Word of God. And you will see this journey becoming greater and greater. Lord, as we leave this place, thank you, Lord, that we are family. Even though we separate, we are family. Bless every home represented here for that stuff and that junk that has been going on. In Jesus' name, I come against you, enemy. You have no place in the home of a godly woman, a godly man. And Lord, we will respond in a greater way, your way. As Moses knew your ways and Israel only knew the miracles, Lord, we want to know your ways. And we give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.